is a mental health chat monday season two uh, this is a series where we sit down with a brand new guest every week to discuss their journey with mental illness and mental wellness because here on mental health chat monday our motto is turning mental illness into mental wellness. I am your host, Dita Bionic. Thank you so very much for tuning in with us on this beautiful, gorgeous, and stunning Monday. Uh, but I'm not why we're here. You know I'm at Dita Bionic on everything. It's called branding. Look it up. This, this guest today is someone I have God known for, what, like 10, 12 years now almost? So long. Oh my God, such a long time. We also had a podcast together. It's called Urban Proper. Episodes are still up. You can go and check it out. It is a phenomenal podcast, and we shall hopefully one day get back to it. Um, stunning, beautiful, gorgeous, and amazing queen of a human being. Shisha is here with us today. How are you, my love? I am doing great, love. How are you? Thank you so much for the the warm, warm welcome. Uh, it's nothing but warm welcomes and loves over here. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm good. I'm a little tired. I actually switched my shifts around Friday so that I could work, or so that I could be off Friday, so I could have two days off in a row because I feel like I've been burning the candle at both ends. But Ooh, I'm, I'm feeling a little more relaxed, a little less exhausted. There's still okay. Still some some tiredness because I really don't be sleeping at night. You know how that go. But mm. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm getting into the gig. Things are looking up for me. I love that for you. I love that you're taking some time with all the busyness and still taking care of you because, you know, those things won't happen without you taking care of you. Yeah, so. that's true. Because if I burn out, who going to direct the show? Who? Who be? Who would you? Who's going to do it? Um, so she should tell everyone out there a little bit about yourself, a little bit out about our backstory, how we met, and all that good stuff. Oh, my goodness. So we met at the lovely boathouse in Forest Park in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, um, <laughs> funny sure. thing is, um, it was an employee that was on their way out, and you were on your way in, and... <laughs> Yep. We met you, and it's you were like what nineteen? Yeah, I was nineteen. Yeah. Oh my god. And you I had so young just, back then. I had just turned nineteen too. Like I was freshly nineteen. I had maybe been nineteen for like two months. <laughs> and then yeah, we we ended up uh, at the boathouse and, and being uh, a, a part of a phenomenal hostess team. We ran that shit like it was the last motherfucking restaurant on earth. Like it was a, a four Michelin star place. And <laughs> our friendship just, it just blossomed from there. And it just, you know, we've grown um, as individuals in, in our friendship. So we've had different ventures with each other, mm -hmm. um, which always yield great fruit. Um, and yes, definitely want to get back to doing um, Urban Proper very much soon. Um, this life has been crazy crazy yeah. busy um and and like you were talking about you know you have to be careful with not uh burning just uh, burn the candle at both ends because you will get burnt out and so yeah uh, a little bit more about me sorry my ad my add hooking in um <laughs> <laughs> um kansas city missouri native lived in st louis for half my life so spent my time in missouri both ways um both ends of missouri um and I've been a digital nomad for the last like year and a half. 
almost two years. So a little bit about me. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So tell let's let's talk about your nomad nature because I admire very much your ability and drive to not stay in the same place and not like in a bad way, but like to not stay in the same place because to me it feels both with like with jobs, with life, with everything, being able to move physically and spiritually is such an important an important skill that I feel like I haven't quite developed completely yet. But talk to me a little bit about how moving and, and change drives your 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 life. Oh, you know what? It, it, me being a digital nomad nowadays, it was something. It was me stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, being uh, uh, brought up in a single parent home, we moved a lot. And in my adulthood, my early adulthood, stability was very important to me. And you can attest to that. Like I've lived in the same apartment for years before I would yep. move. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, you know, and and you know, being in one place was really important to me. And I feel like in St. Louis, I really built um a, a family outside of the you know, my blood my blood my blood relatives. Mm-hmm. Um and so me when I got to the point where I just felt like I had kind of outgrown St. Louis to a certain extent. And outgrown is not the word I'm actually looking for, but I felt like I just needed to experience things outside of what my comfort zone was. And I was in the Midwest. Um, and, you know, I, having a remote job, working remotely definitely helps with that. Um, but, you know, just taking a, taking, getting out of your comfort zone and just be like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. And, and not failing, I think, is definitely a confident boost because a lot of people will do it and they will fail and they want to retreat. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but definitely glad that I was able to land on my feet the way I was and um, being able to see other opportunities to go other places. Like I was in Dallas for a while and now I'm in Tulsa uh, taking a part of advantage of their, uh, their remote program. Um, so, yeah, look it up, TulsaRemote.com, plug on accident but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree like it it's so hard for people to like the fear of failing it stops people a lot of times from mm-hmm. even doing the thing like even stepping out on, on the limb if you're religious stepping out on faith and yeah. and you know it i feel it holds me back sometimes not even necessarily fear, but just like the uncertainness of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I want to quit my job, but like, what am I gonna do if I yeah. don't work? You know, like I do all these amazing things. I do all this like acting and music and directing, and I have now multiple streams of income that are like I've got some great passive income coming in. Like, but passive income ain't enough to pay my bills. So, right, right. you know, it's like, when do you just say fuck it and just do it? And I love that fuck it and do it quality that you have. It's been something that I just have admired about you, like our entire friendship. It's like, shit, what's the worst thing? I'm over here blushing. Y'all can't see me. I'm over here blushing. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you have to want it, right? You, mm-hmm. I think it's with the fuck it mentality. You also have to want it just as much as 
that's anything. If you want that change, if you want to, I mean, I, and, and kind of backtrack a little bit. I like to travel in a sense already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are like, oh, we're traveling. You know, you get to see different cultures, different countries, um, you know, just at a short little glimpse, but moving and kind of trying to immerse yourself and learn a city um, is, is an adventure within itself. And just, you, like I said, you just, you just have to want it. You just have to want it and just, Time just is it waits for nobody. <laughs> it truly <laughs> does. Yeah, and before I pulled the trigger, I had been talking about moving away from St. Louis for for like at least five five to six years. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, I'm I'm in my third. I'm getting I'm in my thirty. I'm thirty three now, and I was like, time is getting away from me. I'm just gonna have to do it. Um, and then too, like I I always talk about. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> Oh, always uh, talk about the, one of the last conversations I had with my grandmother um, also, and that kind of helps with the fuck it, just do it mentality. Um, she was on her deathbed at, at 58 years old, and she was full of regret because she felt like she didn't live her life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to be on my deathbed and however old I am and having a life full of like, what ifs, or I should have, would have, could have. And I definitely want to look back and be like, damn. I was turned the fuck up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I did the damn thing. Like, I lived my life and I have so many memories um, all over the place. And I I think that's that's definitely a tribute to the whole, like, just got to get up and do it. Yeah. I 110% I agree and I relate. And it's nice to have a partner who also feels that way who is Mm -hmm. like we just gotta go like it just has to happen like we just need to leave um yeah so we're hoping to to get out of here next year or the year after but also like i have that same mentality of like or i have that mentality of like i don't ever want to settle in one place I, and I think that's why being a being a performing artist and like traveling and and performing in different cities and never really settling in one place feels good to me because it feels like I get I'm making a home wherever I go. Yeah, and you just like that's like people think about a home. I think about one singular place. It doesn't have to be a singular place. Home mm-hmm. is wherever you feel comfortable and relaxed. Like as cliche it is, <laughs> it's where your heart is and your heart. Yeah. You know. To be in a, in a in a couple of different places, like with you, you like you love theater and you love music, mm-hmm. um, you love doing your podcasts, and it's just like the passions can be in different places. So yeah, yeah, uh huh. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Okay, yes. open up a can of worms. No, I'm just kidding. Uh oh. Uh oh. So talk to me about your journey with mental health. Oh man, um, it has been. A journey of discovery, if I had to put a, a, a nice little caption to it, because, you know, we live in a world of captions. Um, definitely, you know, growing up <clears throat> um, in the church, in a Black family, um, you know, mental health, going to like therapy and things like that was something that was just was unheard of. Um, and when I finally started going to therapy um, in my mid-20s, um, started to understand why I had certain feelings or why, um, you know, things just wasn't, (laughs) 
it didn't come easy to me like other people did. And it just, it opened my eyes and it, it, it allowed me to give myself a little bit more grace and, mm-hmm. um, you know, not be so hard on myself. Um, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression and also with uh, ADHD. So um, got an understanding of why I was like, <laughs> I have a conversation and have like three different topics within like 35 seconds. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then understanding like why, you know, I, I, I would have this, this pain or this, like, I, I never could understand. I didn't, didn't understand what anxiety was. And then when I understood when I was taught what it was and what it feels like, and I was just like, Oh, okay. That, that's that feeling that that uneasiness that I was having that the palm sweaty and things like that and you know knowing that I wasn't actually alone um and that essentially a sense of being a black woman or a black person period mm-hmm. and experiencing that um but yeah it's definitely like I said been a journey of discovery and um just I'm like 33 still discovering myself finding myself and what works for me what doesn't work for me um like most recently this week, I learned that uh, coffee affects my ADHD um, different from other people. Makes me feel more anxious. Yeah, it's caffeine. Like I was drinking a lot of caffeine, a lot of coffee because with my new job, I have to wake up a little bit early in the morning. Mm-hmm. But it was, cause, it was causing me not to have restful sleep. Uh, it was causing me to be more anxious during the day. Um, and be, be, it was like making me be, uh, forget a lot of things like this normal task that I would do, you know, the whole walking in the room and forgetting what you're in there for was uh-huh. times 20. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what, let me just stop drinking coffee for the week. And just everything kind of fell back in place. So like it's just discovering what works, what works for one person doesn't work for the next and things like that. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's wild. I, you know, it makes sense that, you know, caffeine, it hypes you up and makes you energetic. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that, like, that would overstimulate your already overstimulated mind mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where it's like, <laughs> like, like the episode of SpongeBob where they're like <laughs> running around, <laughs> everything's on fire. We forgot his name. <laughs> exactly how my brain was. Exactly yeah. how it was. Yeah. Yeah. So how did those, diagnoses how did those affect your life and kind of change your viewpoint on how you address things and relationships and the like and such well within myself i i get started to give myself more grace uh kind of do more research and understand um things um as far as like relationships and things like that just being a little forthcoming when um, you know, relationships get to a certain level. Um, just kind of explaining, like, you know, I might forget some shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or I might be just looking you dead in your face one day and you telling me you having a deep conversation and I might tune out, but it's not you. It's me. Yeah. Um, so definitely having to have those conversations and uh giving yourself grace and really trying to figure out, like I said, what works best for you. Um and just having a partner that's understanding um and willing to go on this journey with you is definitely uh helpful and key. yeah yeah definitely somebody's going to be understanding um in, in the sense of, of being understanding and, and giving you grace but also making sure that they're taking care of themselves as well is important um i believe so um with 
you know, dealing with anxiety, depression, and ADHD. So yeah, hold on. Speaking of partners to come in. Hey. Hello. You want to remember me? when we were doing urban proper, and I was like, "There's not an episode that goes by you don't talk about your man, my man, my man." My, my yeah, man. He always talking about my man every single episode. <laughs> yes, I was actually saying to I forget who exactly I was talking to. But I was like, "It's so nice to have a partner that is also neurodivergent." Mm-hmm. So because there's already you start the relationship with with a level of understanding, and Obviously, as the relationship goes through, and nobody's neurodivergence is the same as anybody else's, mm-hmm. but you you kind of learn how each other ebbs and flows, and like you know triggers and all this other things, and it just is. It's really really nice, which is like a weird <laughs> thing to say. But it's like <laughs> it is. I think it just makes everything just like you said. It's that level of understanding. Um, and then like recognizing triggers, like, you know, when your partner might feel overstimulated and things like that, even the things you pick up over time. But I think it's important to just like have an open conversation with anything in your relationship, yes, an open yeah. and honest conversation, ask questions too. Like, you know, like you said, um, two neurodivergent people aren't the same um, and triggers might be different and, it, you know, just, and then and just learning not to, um, not to take it personal, but also like, if your partner hurts you when they're having these moments, definitely um, finding that, that time to, to let them know, you know, because yeah. also you have to make sure that you take care of yourself at the same yeah. time. And mental illness does not excuse being an asshole. A lot, of people, a lot of people try to be like, well, I'm mentally ill. Okay, well, you still an asshole. Like, that part. <laughs> that part. Okay, I'm mentally ill too, bitch, and I'm only an asshole when I need to be. You're being yeah. in an asshole for no reason, and you cannot blame exactly. Like, like, dang, you know, I just asked you if you wanted some ice cream, and you said, "Damn, my mama got some fat ass ankles." Like, what my mama got to do? Not the ankles. Not you came for mama ankles. Uh uh-uh. uh. No 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 no. Not in this house. Not in this house. Mm-mm. Not in this Mm-mm. house. You will get tore the fuck up talking about my mama ankles. Okay. Um, <laughs> I miss you so much all the time. I miss you too. Um, so you talked a little bit about um, just like really, really briefly, you mentioned therapy. How has therapy been helpful to you? Are you still in therapy? Are you going to go back to therapy? I, I have to. I have been planning to get back to therapy. Um, it's been a while. Um but therapy definitely, like I said, it opened my eyes to um, my diagnoses um, and just gave myself a better understanding of, of the why things happen the way they did um, coming up, why I react to certain situations the way I do. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, just gave me an outlet to just talk about the things where I felt like I couldn't because, um, you know, being a Black woman and, and growing up in a, in, a, in a matriarchal family where the women were the head. Uh, other family um it was some things that just like <laughs> i just felt like i was wearing the weight of the show of the world on my shoulder and i just felt like i couldn't just talk about it because i feel like i was going to be perceived as being being weak um because you know unfortunately black women aren't um looked at through that lens so yeah that yeah. was something i really struggled with and learning to be um to step more into my identity and my soft life 
um, as well. And the hustler mentality is like, mm, you don't necessarily need it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Know. You don't need, yeah. Things like that. Because, um, oh my goodness, at one point in time, yeah, I was just working, 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 burning the candle from all ends and burning the fuck out all the time. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah like, it, um, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. But yeah, definitely. Um, therapy has been an outlet um and it's just like you know some things you just you can't share with other people unfortunately you know um and it's just given that 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 safety uh that's that conversation that safe environment where you don't feel like you're being judged or you don't feel like it's going to be used against you later so yeah, yeah i have also been meaning just to because like you know i still don't drive and I've talked about it in probably every single episode. Trauma is the reason I don't drive. And it, it even just being in the car makes me feel like, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I keep saying, like, I need to, I and I actually really do need to get on it where, like, I get into therapy and work through this issue because not to say that everybody needs to be, you know, there's a time limit and blah, 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 because yeah. fuck that, we're getting all that shit in 2023. We're not putting time limits on people's life and growth and what they do and don't do and why they do and don't do it. No, thank you. Yeah. But I personally have so many things that I do all the time. It would just be so much easier if I could just get up and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I, that also, that, that judgment free zone, that, feeling and being able to share uh, with somebody who's going to be impartial. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you look for in a therapist? What's something that is like, are your requirements for somebody that you're seeing as a therapist? Um, <laughs> I laugh, but it's nothing. It's not funny. But um, <laughs> it, it, the, part, the therapist has to be able to relate to me at a cultural level. Um, mm-hmm. And saying that is, I mean, even though I am, you know, have Latino blood, I was raised as being an African-American woman. So mm-hmm. African-American, uh, definitely somebody that can relate to me on a cultural level that understands what I go through in the workplace, uh, the microaggressions, understands what I'm going through as a Black woman um, in this day and age. And... Um, you know, um, that, those are the things that, that are definitely requirements for me. Queer, I, I'll be happy if I can find a queer, um, a queer black woman therapist. Um, that would be amazing. But yeah, definitely those are my my, my requirements. Honestly, fucking yeah. same. Like I, I have been on the search for a queer black. And personally, for me, I cannot go to therapy with somebody who is religious. Mm, that that yeah nope nope and i (laughs) just simply being a therapist is already like kind of removed from religion and like the way i the way we both were brought up religious um pray it away would you you know all of that nonsense i need somebody who's gonna not not mention god to me i don't need to we don't need to talk about god like we don't need to bring god into this I do believe in a higher power, whatever. I am not religious. I am not a Christian. I, I cannot claim any of those things. But I just need somebody who can truly just meet me here. Yeah. Without all the extra fluff. So yeah. 
that's been a struggle in finding a queer black female presenting therapist mm-hmm. who um ain't about that life you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and actually this is a pretty good spot for us to stop and uh talk about the sponsor of today's video better help Today's episode of Mental Hutch Out Monday is brought to you by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, the world's largest 100% online therapy service, you can get connected with a therapist and a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists to help you with a wide range of issues. When I signed up for BetterHelp, I was able to specify exactly what I was looking for in a therapist, and I was matched with a therapist that suited my needs. To get started, all you do is answer a few questions about your therapy needs and preferences. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the perfect therapist from their network. From there, contacting your therapist is easy. Call, chat, video call, or text, whatever is more comfortable for you. Message your therapist at any time to set up live sessions when it's convenient for you. And the coolest thing about BetterHelp is that if your therapist doesn't match for any reason at all, you can switch to a brand new therapist at no additional charge. Affordability, online access at your own pace, custom pick therapist, that sounds like my kind of therapy. And what luck you have, you can get 10% off your very first month of BetterHelp using my link, betterhelp.com forward slash M-H-C-M. That's betterhelp.com forward slash M-H-C-M. Now go ahead and get yourself some therapy, baby. And thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right. Thank you so much, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode, this whole season of the podcast. We really, really, really appreciate it. Make sure you hit that link down below and support the channel. It, it helps a lot. Um, so let's talk. I got to put my questions back up because I forgot. It's okay. Um... So, do you have any history with medication at all? What What's the tea on that? Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was first diagnosed with anxiety and depression, um, I, don't get me trying to, to pronounce it. I was, um, di- I was prescribed two medications. Um, when I took them, oh, my goodness, I felt like I had... <laughs> I was on the moon. I felt like I was on the moon. I could like concentrate. I felt like I had just had one of our nights after a long shift at the boathouse, and oh, we was at the four o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. Um, so since then, um, since realizing that, and like I said, um, you know, this whole mental health thing has been a journey. Um, have um, experimented with different strains of marijuana. Um, sativa to see what what works best for my anxiety and um, doesn't make me feel paranoid. Um, so yeah, and living in Oklahoma, you know, hey, mm-hmm. medical rec- medical weed, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely uh, been um, the way the method I have uh, gone to 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 combat my anxiety. I love it, just about every guest i've had not every guest but most guests that i've had who tried medication and it didn't work for them or it did work for them smoke weed too mm-hmm. and you know i don't partake in the devil's lettuce and not because i'm approved 
or anything like that. I just a like calling it the devil's lettuce and b oh, yeah. fire to try. <laughs> it I love that this natural method of you know soothing and helping to a bad mental illness. I love that it exists and I love that it mm-hmm. is finally becoming like accessible to all people and not this taboo horrible thing that people are like ah you smoke weed it's a gateway drug yeah yeah so many different benefits to weed not even just anxiety and depression but pain management um people with Parkinson's disease there's different methods of 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 partaking in in marijuana too you don't have to Mm -hmm. feel high um but yeah it's it's definitely it's from the earth you know what i'm saying you don't have to do nothing but dry it out Break it down a little bit, roll it up. No. Suddenly <laughs> <laughs> okay. became a tutorial. We love. <laughs> um, but no, one strain that really helps me out. Um, you know, we have a listener that's been uh, wondering. It's Ghost Train strain. Um, has really helped me with my anxiety and being able to focus if I do partake um, when I'm working on a project after hours or something like that. So yeah. Heard that ghost train strain. We yeah. love to hear it and see it. It sounds spooky. It makes you feel groovy. You know what I'm saying? Thumbs you down without feeling overly sleepy. And that's that's one part of me because I when you think about me, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, I remember many a night. <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, <laughs> um so talk to me a little bit about uh, one thing I, I feel like I haven't really addressed a lot on the podcast is coping skills and coping mechanisms. So talk to me a little bit about things you do to cope to help, um, I guess, ease your anxiety outside of, you know, partaking in the devil's lettuce. Um, or <laughs> or um, what are some things that help you feel at ease? Um, when it comes to anxiety, besides, you know, we were talking about, like you said, devil's lettuce. Um, Definitely just being able to step away from a situation um, like work, uh, for instance, I work now in project management and dealing with a lot of different personalities, a lot of different um, cultural differences, a lot of people with uh, different accents that I'm not used to. Um, and so that's at one point that really caused a lot of anxiety for me. Um, but being able to really step away and kind of look in the mirror, too, and I have to remind myself that I'm a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, that's one of my my, um, my mechanisms. Like when I'm having bit of battling with like anxiety or um, imposter syndrome, just kind of reminding myself of you know the things that I've accomplished, the things that uh, I've done, and and who I am. Um, it really kind of helps helps reground me. Um, you know, definitely get in the mirror like Issa on Insecure. You know, mm-hmm. I, my, you know, gotta. Recenter myself. Other than that, um, ooh, massages. Uh, anything that's going five days. Anything that's going to help relax me. Um, I'm I'm definitely a spa girl. Okay. Um, okay. Listen, a good uh, bathhouse. Um, but yeah, definitely things that I just enjoy that's going to help me relax my mind, my body, um, and also video games. Um, yeah. I'm, a gamer, I'm a big gamer. Um, sometimes I just want to get on Fortnite and you know shoot some blades, some lasers, and some things. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Is Fortnite worth my time? Um, 
so Fortnite is if you didn't play Call of Duty. I did not. Then you you're probably not gonna like it. Yeah. But I don't dislike games like that. I just am like it, it can be a little frustrating. It can be a little frustrating. If I think if you're gonna venture down doing Fortnite, then you definitely should dabble in a, a first shooter game first. So you can understand how people uh, that you encounter in the game world are gonna react. Uh, mm-hmm. you can kind of get that that uh, reaction time down. See, that's the aspect of it that I think I don't like is I don't want to interact with other people. <laughs> that's what the goal basis of the game is to be the last person. You gotta battle everybody else. Then the aspect of building something around you while trying not to get shot is annoying to me. I, I, I messed with Fortnite for a little bit, but me, give me a good adventure game like Assassin's Creed or something. Like, yeah. Yes. That's my or shit. Or good Mortal Kombat, you know? Yeah. You know what I like. You know I like yeah. the Assassin's Creed, the God of Wars. But I do also dibble-dabble in like a first-person shooter every now and then. Like, it's not out of my wheelhouse. But it really is the like having to like be online and interact with other humans on the mm-hmm. internet. Like video game people are a whole different breed of people. <laughs> that's the whole reason I don't play Pokemon competitive. Cause I oh, truly God. and honestly could, but these people are crazy. People on the internet, period. Like there yeah. are literal diagnoses for these people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a whole different world. Um, it's just a mess. I we'll see what I do. I need to get a PS5 <laughs> first before I do anything. But I definitely world. need to upgrade. I've been cheap. I've been cheap. Um, but I need to upgrade because that's something that makes me happy playing games and kind of focusing on something else. You know. Yes. Yes, and you have to make yourself happy, and you have to focus on. Definitely have to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And also self care. You know, get my nails done and my feet done. Um, really pouring back into myself helps kind of level me out and ease that anxiety. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, where, what am I talking about? Where is my brain? <laughs> it's okay. <sighs> um, all right. So on Mental Health Chat Monday, we have a motto, and it goes, we are turning mental illness into mental wellness. What is your definition of mental wellness? Oh, mental wellness. That's a great question. Let me ponder on this a little bit before I just give a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, think about it. Yeah. Um, first thing that comes to mind is just like I was uh, alluding to earlier, it's just realizing that mental wellness is a journey. It's not a destination. There's going to be the ebbs yes. and flows. You're going to have the bad days with the good days and just making sure, you know, just the slightest thing, celebrating the small, small wins. Um, you know, if you're not feeling it, um, feeling yourself, giving yourself grace, um, being able to, if you're able to, you know, feeling like going to work, call in, bitch, take that day off. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go to work and you snap on Susie and Billy and Tom, you ain't going to have no job. So it's beneficial to take that day off and rest and, 
you know, if you just having continuously um, happening, definitely um, just just know that at the end of it, everything's going to be okay. Um, The things that's keeping you down, you're bigger than that. Um, Like I always tell myself um, when I'm having these moments, like, and me, I'm, you know, I like to cuss a lot. I cuss like a sailor. (laughs) Um, And just have to remind myself, like, bitch, there's not shit you can't do in this world. You know, you're having a bad day. You're having a bad moment. You're having a bad week. It's okay. Um, It's okay to step away from, like, goals that you're achieving. Um, And just, it's not, everything's not a race. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, it's a journey. And that's what I got. Oh, uh, something you said really hit me right in my chest when you said it's a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of people think like going to therapy um, and getting all those medications or finding that, that thing that helps you with whatever mental health um, illness you have. Um, it's, not, it's not just a, a, a pill that's going to make everything go away. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, like for the spiritual people that say all the time, but they don't <laughs> necessarily uh, work for it. The person that works is dead, you know. Mental yeah. health, um, wellness without actually working towards it is dead. It's a continuously a continuous thing you have to do and get up every day. And basically, it's a, it's a battle within yourself. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that is so true, and it's not it, you know. It sounds sad to say that, you know, it's not something that'll go away, that that depression, that anxiety, that, you know, whatever thing you have isn't something that's going to go away. But it also is really empowering to acknowledge that, okay, I have this thing. Mm-hmm. This is mine. And I have the power over it. Yeah. And, you know, it might get me with the one, two every now and then. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I am the one who is in control of this life, this body, this mind. I got this. Yes. Yes. I got yes. this. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely love that. Um, excuse me. I got one more question for you. It's not really a question. It's more of a like statement. Leave us with a piece of advice for allies of the mental health community. How can they be there for us, support us, and be in our corner? By realizing that there's not just a one size fit all approach to mental health. Um, understanding that, like we talked about earlier, each divergent, each, each neurodivergent person needs different things. Um, and just being able to separate the moments from when people are being, like you said earlier, a true asshole and actually just having a moment and it's being like, um, um, overstimulated, um, just learning the triggers and asking questions and learning how to be there for whoever in your life is experiencing mental illness and just showing up. Showing up and showing out. Showing out, yeah. yeah. Show up and show out. Sheesh. Thank you so much for being on this episode of the podcast with me today. We finally got it. We finally did it. We finally did it. We've been trying to nail this down for so long. Life really, life really has been life in lately. 
like yeah. a lot. So I'm glad we actually did finally get to sit down and and have this conversation that we have had so many times, and we'll oh, have yeah. so many more times. And oh, and another thing, allies. Sorry to cut you off. Oh please, you know, go. Um, realize that sometimes it's not about you. Mm. A lot of people think because I haven't talked to my friend in a couple of weeks that it's about it's about you. It's not. Sometimes your friend doesn't want to bleed onto you. They don't want to transfer that energy that they're feeling on you. Because um, I've had those moments before where I've just went completely, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm glad that I've had friends that understand that it's not it's not them, it's me. Um, and I know sometimes it's hard to adjust to that and understand that, but yeah. Yeah. People have their own battles, yeah. And that's all part of giving yourself grace, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I know for me, one of my big triggers is feeling like a burden. Mm -hmm. And, like, if I'm in a mood, I'm in a way, and you don't hear from me, it's because I don't want to burden you with the things that I have. And people will always be like, but you got to talk about it. You got to talk it out. Well, sometimes I need to just sit with it before I talk. Yeah, you need to get stanky in it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta funk. Sometimes you, yeah, hey, you got to grow out, and you know, you gotta, you gotta fight it. You gotta overcome it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then you can talk about it. And I do. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a proponent of funking it out. And I'm a proponent of talking about it after you've had your funk. Don't sit and fester <laughs> in the funk for too long. You should have. You should have shit too long. You don't smell it no more. Right. Exactly. But also, don't force <laughs> don't force nobody to talk about shit that they're not ready to talk about because it's not that's not how it works. It don't work like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. That's this. That's one of the the most important things in our friendship is giving each other grace and giving ourselves grace and just laughter and joy and yeah. breaks and it's nice. a community too. Like. Yeah. Yeah, like I was, I was telling um, Duke, um, for the listeners that I know, Duke's my partner, um, my girlfriend. Um, I think that's, I, I went through recently, I'll share with you guys, like a, a really dark time. And I think it was really me missing that sense of community, me missing my, my St. Louis family, which is my friend I've had for a long time. I was just like, yeah. I think that's what's wrong with us millennials. <laughs> Our yeah. community within like our own families within our friendships you know everybody gets we get older we get busy mm-hmm. um we get more focused on self and, and and building for ourselves that sometimes we lose that sense of community we lose each other and they can attribute to it too you know yeah yeah and it's it's really difficult especially you know as you know we're in our 30s now oh, God. making time mm-hmm. And and P, and I hear people and see people post online all the time. You make time for things you want to make time for, which is true to an extent. But sometimes you really, truly are just like going, going, going. And our society doesn't want us to stop going. Yeah. So we're like, while simultaneously trying to fight that societal idea that your output is your only worth. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. also are enjoying the work that you're doing. So it's yeah. like... I don't want to keep feeding into the machine, but I'm having a good time with the things that I'm doing. Where's the middle? Where do you find the median? And I think also yeah. with millennials, like we don't, of course I can't say this for myself specifically because I have a very good relationship with my mom, but my relationship with my dad is not great. 
we don't relate mm-hmm. to our parents and our gen our, the generation before us the way no. they did with their parents. And it's because their parents forced them to relate with them. But yeah. millennials are like, well, you no. me dirty and I don't have to accept that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, it's like we're we're forcing them to look in the mirror. Um I think Gen Gen well, at least my my parent is a Gen Xer. Um, I think they 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 kind of started it a little bit with in a very passive aggressive way, right? Mm-hmm. Like keeping your daughter away from Uncle Timmy, that's a known, you know, pedophile and things like yep. that. But not really explaining the why. I feel like millennials were like, <laughs> "We're gonna do this, but we're also gonna tell you about your damn self." Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so we don't have that that family dynamic the way we even had it as kids. Because I remember my family is so much different now than when we were kids. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a drastic difference that sometimes I find myself being like, I don't have any family. Like, I don't have anybody. Like, I have a lot of family. I have so much family, but I don't relate to them as much as I used to. Like outside of my siblings and my mom. Yeah. Oftentimes I feel like an alien, even within my my siblings and my my um my close-knit family, uh my immediate family is what I'm actually looking for. Um so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's yeah. wild out here in these streets. It's real wild out here in these streets. Like it is, yeah. We really we raw dog in life without anybody really to help us through it. <laughs> No. <laughs> nope. And then it's just like everything has been against us this whole time. It's just like, damn. Yes, we're <laughs> mentally ill and broke. <laughs> we broke. We mentally ill. We have lived through too many life changing world events. Oh my god! Another fucking recession is is nigh. <laughs> like, we, can we have a break? Can we have please. a break, please? I think that's the thing too. Like. Especially getting to a level like a salary, like you're like always shooting for, um, and then getting there and being like, "This ain't shit because of inflation." Like <laughs> I got people. here and I'm still struggling. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the while being told by the older generations that we're lazy, we ain't shit. <laughs> we don't want to work. We don't want to do. No, we don't want to work for peanuts. Like, thank you. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not working on the weekend, Susie. I'm on vacation. I'm not taking your call. I don't give a fuck about this 7 a.m. meeting. I'm not going to be on there. <laughs> yep. Like, you can tell me all you want to about some work on the weekend, but as for me? Yeah. No. <laughs> you need me to come <laughs> in and work what? No. Yeah. And I think we, millennials, setting those boundaries, those hard, hard boundaries. Maybe the older generations feel very uncomfortable, but I think it's very important. Like, the, yeah, it sucks mm-hmm. setting boundaries. Yeah, it doesn't feel good telling people no and telling people, no, here's a set of rules that I have in place for you. You have to respect that. Mm-hmm. It's an uncomfortable situation, but it's very important to your mental health and to, just to your, your self-worth and respect, too. Like, yeah. how that ties into each other. Because we don't, we can't, possibly be expected to function at full capacity if we're giving all of ourselves to something that's not ourselves. That part. That part. If our heart ain't in it, we can't give it. We can't. Mm. It's not sustainable. It's no, not. At all. Um, it's n- like capitalism. It's not fucking sustainable. 
I'm a fucking tired. Like, what? I'm tired. I just want to go on vacation six months out of the year, twice. I want two six month vacations <laughs> for a thousand dollars, all inclusive. Exactly. I don't want to have to pay to get there. I don't want to have to pay to get back. I just want to. Mm-hmm. All what happened to us focusing on like teleportation and flying cars and like being like being on Mars by twenty twenty? What what happened? It's, Why is all of a sudden the focus? Please, 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 I will go down this rabbit hole, and with this this episode will turn into six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how we do. This is why we started a podcast. This exactly. is exactly why. And we need to get back to it. It's me. It's me. It's my fault. It's my it, fault. no. It's not just you because I. <laughs> we both are incredibly busy. Like it took us this long because we both kept crossing. <laughs> We can do it this day. Oh, wait, I can't do it this day because of this. Oh, wait, I can't do it this day. Like, that's both, that's, it's both of us. So, we got, we got plenty of time to figure it out. We will figure it out. We do. We do. Yes. Okay. Sheesh, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us on Mental Health Chat Monday. Is there anything you need to plug? Anything you need to tell the children about? Let's see. Nothing to personally plug, but let me leave you all with this. And I'm gonna say this. I think I said this on our um a lot a lot of times. Take that vacation. Mm-hmm. Have them prepare those others. Sometimes you gotta say fuck that job. Okay. Sometimes you really have to. I walked away from at the time my highest paying job was sixty five thousand dollars a year before all the inflation. So I was actually making some money. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because they, my mental health was fucked up during that job. Take that vacation. They'll be all right. They will mm-hmm. be all right. Even if you ain't going nowhere, just lay in the bed. Recharge. Because if you drop dead at work, they're going to have your job posted by the end of the fucking day. These jobs don't give a shit about you. Yep. That part. That motherfucker. Important to your mental health journey. Absolutely. That y'all better take that message. <laughs> y'all better write that on your little affirmation mirror to say to yourself in the morning. Yes. Fuck their job. Take, I mean, if you need to pay your bills, by all means, make sure you have a little nest egg, but mm-hmm. take them days off at least. Yep. PTO stands for prepare the others, just like you said. Prepare the others. Prepare the others. And it's okay to start off. It's okay yep. to start over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to get out of here for today. Again, my name is DJ Bionic. You can find me on all social media at DJ Bionic. It's called Branding. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> make sure you <laughs> like, comment, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring these episodes and this podcast. Sign and up I for BetterHelp, y'all. Sign up for BetterHelp. Help a brother out. Thank you very much. And I will see you all next week with a brand new episode. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>